Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the physical physical tiny room. I am, in many ways, the Rick of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. <laughs> and I am joined by Benjamin, who's a real Jerry. Say say hello there, Benjeriman. Hey, you can't say that, Rick. Is that a Jerry? I don't know. I <laughs> Look, I, I did my best Jerry impression. It was very Jerry-like in nature. So You're mediocre, right. subpar. You're a real Jerry, Ben. Um, interesting fact about Ben, ladies and gentlemen. Oh when we're when we're testing the sound levels before we start recording, he speaks in a lower voice than when we start recording. <laughs> so then I always have to adjust it, which I think is a real Jerry thing to do. Okay, there we go. Ben, uh, do you want to do the theme music? <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. For us, I don't wanna name any names. Rachel, I hope it's Rachel. Very good, yeah, still funny. Benjamin, <laughs> yeah. Um, we went to see a film. <laughs> we did. No, hold on, Ben. Oh, hold on, hold on. I've got a skit. Who? No, that won't work. No. Who went to see a film, Ben? Us. No, Ben. Oh. Yeah, but which film did we go to see? Us. <laughs> no, but Ben, who? <laughs> a classic jape. Uh, yeah, we went to see Us, the new Jordan Peele horror flick mm-hmm. yesterday, Michael. Um, we weren't sure. Well, Ben wasn't sure. Ben being the person speaking currently, no. now refers to himself in the third person because he has a fractured sense of identity due to the, the strange film. doppelganger politics of Us. Of the film Us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, it was tough, Michael. It was a tough decision to go for 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 me. Well, then you don't like a spooky film. I don't like a spooky film. Oh, that's the wrong adjective for a film with an all black cast. No, it's not an all black cast, then. <laughs> that was the wrong. I don't like a horror film, Michael. Um, don't like a horror film. No, they generally give me the heebie-jeebies. I'm I'm not a fan. I find it difficult to anticipate jump scares. Interestingly, in my older age, I find it's the sound that gets me. Well, that's what it is, Ben. That's what gets you with horror films. The screechy violin. Yeah. The, the, the surprise cat. Did you ever see the the excellent little mini documentary on YouTube about the guy that created the nightmare machine for horror music? Yes. He created a special box. It's very cool. A special box that makes horror sounds. Horror sounds. So you mm-hmm. can make horror sound, ambient horror soundtracks yeah. on, on the fly. It's very well, cool. That's why a lot of films, Ben, when they don't rely on that to spook you, it's, they, they get a lot of praise from horror fans. Yeah, because they don't need the old, the old, the old tired, tricks. tried and tested to death <laughs> kind of tropes. Of, yeah. Of, but Ben, more accurately, you only nearly shot yourself once. I think I was very early on in the yeah, film, wasn't it? It? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like the first major kind of like... Spooky bit. Yeah, and then it didn't pay off at all. See, that's the thing. It's kind of like getting into really hot bath where you're like, oh, oh, that's fucking hot. Oh, or, Jesus. And then slowly like, ah, oh, it's grand. Now that's called burning, Ben. You've, I mean, a cold bath might have been a better metaphor there. Or simile. Nah. All right. No. Benjamin, tell us a little bit about the film so, without spoiling anything. <clears throat> it's a spoiler free because it's only the first week it's been released. When was it released? Uh, I think it was this weekend. No, uh, ben, I, think, I think we are going to spoil a little bit later. Current. Look, we're not, we're not going to be able to avoid spoilers forever. But for now, this is a nice spoiler free little summary. It centers around. <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> Just don't don't take that on trust. Centers, it probably won't centers be. Centers around uh, a family yeah. that are oh, on, a little, spoilers, ben. on a little vacay. 
on a little vacay. Who's in the family, Ben? Who's in the family? There's Addy, played by Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, uh, he's that's Nyong'o. Yeah, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, there is her daughter, mm-hmm. her son, and her husband, yeah. played by Winston Duke, whose names I don't remember for some reason. His name was A... No... I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name at all. I can't remember the child's name and I can't remember the girl's name. The girl runs track. The yeah. little fella is a bit odd. Yeah. And the husband is is a real... Classic dad. Real real dad. Loves a dad joke. Yeah. Loves a good family-friendly fun. Doesn't yeah. realise when he's pissed his wife off immensely. Yeah. Loves uh, talking about his favourite songs from the 90s. Yeah, it's all about him trying to make himself seem cool to his kids. Ben, do you think that old friend of the podcast, Chaddy B... Uh, Chadwick Boseman do you think he would have been upset to see his love interest and his rival married I, I'd say it'll grind a few gears with Chaddy B that's, that's Marvel Earth 623 <laughs> uh, where, where Nakia married Mbaku yeah and became suburbanite Americans ascending <laughs> suburbanite middle class Americans yes yeah, very good it's a whole thing um yeah Ben you were telling me yesterday when we were talking about this that one of your new hobbies is looking up Chadwick Boseman Looking, oh, yeah, that's true. Doing a Wakanda Forever symbol and looking a bit tired. And he looks absolutely jaded. You kind of inspired me to go home and check, and he really does. <laughs> He's like, hilarious. "Oh no, I have to do this again." It's amazing, and people keep doing it to him. And you can just see he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wakanda Forever." This isn't one. This isn't how I want to be remembered. <laughs> you know, I was uh, James Brown in the biopic James Brown. Yeah, he's not going to be... He's going to be Black Panther forever. He's, yeah. He is... Wakanda forever. <clears throat> he is to Batman what Adam West was. <laughs> no, sorry. He is to he is to Black Panther what Adam West was to 60s Batman. Yeah. He, forever. It's not, he is to Batman what Adam West is to Black Panther. Literally nothing. Very, very different things. Yeah, literally nothing. <laughs> but... Uh, sorry, I've around this family. He goes in little little hollypop. Uh, yeah. Turns out that Addy, the mother... Yeah. Has a history, yeah, of in uh, that area. A, a, an old traumatic experience in mm-hmm. that exact area. Yeah, why you'd keep going there on holiday after having a traumatic incident is beyond me. Well, I think it's about an hour from where it is. That's one of my uh, mild criticisms about the film. It's a little bit geographically odd. The sense of time is a bit peculiar. Yeah, well, I think they kind of. This is going to go very spoiler heavy if we start leaning. Well, don't in then. now. Well, look, listen, look. It is what it is. She has a traumatic experience. Yeah. Jordan Peele is a huge horror fan. In the opening 20 minutes, I'd say we're given multiple possibilities for what is going to cause the, the horror element to surface yeah. throughout. I mentioned this to you yesterday. Addy, her traumatic experience is centered around what's called a, a vision quest. Mm-hmm. For anybody that doesn't know, a vision quest is is a now very much pop culture centered thing where Native Americans go off into the wilderness and have a walkabout, yeah. similar to Aborigines With in Australia. Drugs. To become, yeah, witch rooms to become real men. It's a, it's a maturity ceremony, mm-hmm. I suppose, if you want. And this parodies this and makes it very hokey yeah. and over the top, a classic westernization of, of. It's hard to get more western than Native, Native Americans. Americans culture. Exactly, uh, and it's a classic whitewashing of of the horrors that were committed against the Native Americans by by. By America Today. But... Ben, you thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Aliens. I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought we were going to have a classic Stephen King, Indian burial ground, spirits of revenge mm-hmm. kind of shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. But... Spoilers there, Ben. Uh, many, 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 many of those opening scenes, we have like the Stephen King 80s opening credits, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He tries very much to, to give you now a red herring here and there to see what it might be. Um, and in the end, you have to wait and see because we're going to try and keep it spoilers free until we do massive spoilers. But the 
this is not really spoiling anything because it's in the opening of the film. Addie's traumatic experience is based on the fact that she meets a little girl who looks exactly, exactly like, like her. In a hall of mirrors. In a so hall of mirrors. Busy. So nobody believes her. Everybody thinks she's just after being spooked by her own reflection. Mm-hmm. She hasn't. Um, or has she been? Or has she? Oh, um, and then she lives with this this childhood trauma and it's interesting that you mentioned geography but what really interested me is that she has never brought this up to her husband before yeah before they go to that cabin <clears throat> that's a very unusual thing to gloss over it has she, never manifested i think she has forgotten is what we're supposed to think oh. you know childhood trauma people forget childhood trauma she doesn't yep. like beaches and she particularly doesn't like that one but i don't think she particularly remembers then she goes down to the creepy little dance room uh, spoilers, Ben. No, no. The, cre- <laughs> the creepy little dance room is in the opening ten minutes. What's the creepy little dance room? She goes downstairs to the little recital room in her old summer home. Oh yeah, um, Ben. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, go on. It's a tour de force by Lupita Nyong'o. She's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just, just a great two very different characters being played by one woman. Yeah. Bloody of course, good. Ben. Everyone plays two versions of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Quite challenging, I would imagine. Um, in terms of working out camera angles, in terms of working out how you're going to perform as two very different versions of yourself. I mean, I would say, I would say that Lupita Nyong'o burns brightest of all those stars in in terms of her two characters, both her doppelganger and her quote unquote human form, are very articulate. Hmm. And have very much more fleshed out characters than the rest of her family. The the two children play feral versions of themselves mm-hmm. or mute psychotic versions of themselves. And the husband is, for all intents and purposes, a little bit like of mice and men. He's like a big, dumb, mute brute. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think that's that's why her doppelganger is special. Yes, that's, I think that's the the that, whole point. It, it it is, although Ben, it looks like a family story. It isn't really a Lupichanongo story. Oh no, yeah, I, I think w- one of the things I really loved about the film is that the trailer completely beguiled me. Mm. I I was expecting a classic cabin in the woods horror romp. You you pointed out yesterday, Michael, as as we left the cinema, that the, the main horror element of that entire movie is the family in the driveway. The the the. The Lupita Nyong'o having a freak out going, when I was here, when I was 11, I saw something and I think she's coming back. I think she's coming back. Yeah. And then the kid says, there's a family in our driveway. And then you went, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it <laughs> <And> got me. <laughs> that was pretty much the only spook in the film. That was the, that was the big, the big one. The After big that, one. it should, became We more... should really stop using the word spook. Why? <laughs> it's just not good. It has a racial undertone. Does it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it does. It does. It massively does. Does it? I promise. I've never Look it up on your book. phone there while I explain right, what you're talking I'm about. I'm just going to say, just, <laughs> just look it up. Look never, it up. I've never heard that before. Look it up. It has it's... a very American undertone. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> you really shouldn't say. Well, look, that's... Um, yeah, anyway, what I was saying was when Michael looks up... It does! Look it up! Informal, a ghost. Informal, a spy. <laughs> Offensive dated, a black person. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> that is horrific. <laughs> Benjamin, why this did you... Why <laughs> I've called you on it three times and said we need to stop using that word. That is terrible. <laughs> it's awful. America is and a when terrible you say place. The, the only the only spook in the film that's incorrect. Oh Jesus Christ, man, that is very offensive. America it's awful. America has a lot to apologize for. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Alright, he's off. I'm enjoying this so much that you had no idea. <laughs> 
had no idea. I'd never heard that before. America truly is a horrible place and yeah. they've ruined everything for everyone. Good. So. <clears throat> a very interesting thing about the film, Ben, though, um, both of us thought this going in, was that it was going to be a racial commentary. Yes, because we, we had we had seen Get Out. Yeah. We've all seen Get Out. And that was very, very social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um and we, we all expected that to happen again. However, Jordan Peele has restrained himself in his little sophomore effort. Um, and he, he hasn't he hasn't really gone for that. Well, that's not to say it's not a social commentary. No, then. it's a social commentary, but it's not uh, not centrally focused on race. You could argue that, in a way, it is cent- it, there is a focus on race in that it's just a black family. And they're just a normal American black family. And mm-hmm. no one ever makes a deal of it. They're just yeah. living their lives. Yeah. Until... I can't say spooky anymore. No. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, yeah. Look, you got to lean in. It's not no, our, it's not our baggage. No, I'm not leaning in. First of all, if you listen anytime we talk about horror films, I use the word spooky. Yeah. Um the 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 family coming before until the family come and get them, they're just a unremarkable American family. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It it is he even stays away from stuff you would expect. Um there's no the police are overwhelmed for another reason. And they can't really come to the rescue. I thought there might be a little bit of commentary on it being a black family or something like that. No. Or I thought the police might pop up and have an issue with the black family or something like that. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But my initial theory on mm-hmm. the film turned out to be very much bust. Um, yeah. I, I thought that it was going to be a, a treatise on, on black families leaving behind their urban roots. Yeah, I thought it was going to be aliens. Yeah, you thought it was going to be aliens. You were fairly hardcore into aliens, but it is it is it is very interesting. I, I what I really love about Jordan Peele films, and sometimes I hate this, but he layers very heavily. You pointed out at one point there's a there's a great, and this is not a spoiler for the film, but scissors is. play a huge role as a symbol in the film, mm-hmm. um, for untethering. That's that's what it's referenced yeah. as, and you know, scissors cut lines. That's what they do. They cut they cut ties. Cut leather. You know. Fake and you, you pointed out a wonderful moment where where the little boy picks up a rock, mm-hmm. and you leaned into me and you said very subtly, "Rock beat scissors." But ben, and I jumped that, out of my skin because I was very intensely waiting to see what happened. You were like, "Don't whisper to me." Then, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then that was foreshadowed though by a couple playing rock paper scissors. Absolutely, there, that's, the, this is what beach. I mean. So this is something I love about the Jordan Peele things. You can follow the beats of the story very easily because he's very, very focused on building up visual symbolism in mm. his films and he lets it he uses them as cues it's very good for building tension occasionally as well because you notice a pattern that you've noticed a few times you're like oh god what's gonna happen oh god uh, let's uh, let's move into a mild spoilers man yeah, no, yeah go on. let's let, not mild, mild, mild well no it's full spoilers I'll tell you what we'll do we'll full do full spoilers but we won't spoil the twist because everyone knows there's a twist but we won't spoil that okay um, Ben it wasn't Aliens no. It was clones. It was clones. It was clones the whole time. Clones the whole time. Ben, do you think in 100 years or 150 years when cloning is real, yeah. people will look back on this as an example of a very offensive film towards clones? It's probably clonal appropriation, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying clonal appropriation, but imagine... Or it could be seen as, as, a, as a bit more of a, a liberation film for the old... Yeah, a I, wind that shakes the barley, or a <laughs> I don't think so because because they're cause dumb they're born and without a soul, yeah. they're just shadows of the real person. And if cloning becomes a real thing, I think and it probably will. It probably will because birth rates are ever decreasing, and we're going to need a workforce. We're going to need a workforce, and I, uh, I don't know. Yes, sterility is on the up, and 
if cloning becomes real and people do discriminate against people born clones, this film is going to be held up as a horrible example of what people thought of clones. Yeah, but I mean, that's just going to start the SJW cycle in 100 years or so. It's, it's, it's important that we have things to besmirch and, and act like we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have engaged in back in the day. I know, it's weird, isn't it? In, anyway. in 100 years, Michael, when you and I are brains in a vat mm-hmm. and have run a small section of a podcasting country. Presumably our brains cut out of vats because of my unknowing misuse of the word spook earlier. Yeah, yeah, you'll be done. Um, <laughs> But we, we, you and I will deny that we ever engaged in, in clone-based horror films. Mm. We'd be like, no, we never would have done that. And our grandchildren would be like, I can't believe people used to do that. Do you remember the TV series Space Above and Beyond? No. In Space Above and Beyond, lots of people are clones, or at least vat-grown humans. Classic. And they call them things like tanks, and there's a kind of... A racial divide along the lines of natural-born humans and clone-born humans. One of my favourite things, Michael, just to, to have a quick segue there. Go on, then. Is the language of fictional sci-fi racial slurs. Yeah, I love the way things come up. Like, for example, in... Toasters. In Blade Runner. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, skin jobs mm-hmm. for stuff like that. I love the slurs that are created for various sci-fi fictional universes. It's very clever. Mm. Very clever. Benjamin. Go on. I thought no I don't really have any more thoughts about the film now it was good though oh no hold on now because we're into slight spoilers we can say this now both of us kind of felt that once the initial spooky bit of the families in the driveway and that they break into the house and they come in for a chat that's when the tension diffused. It fizzled. It became then an action film. It fizzled up until Lupita Nyong'o versus Lupita Nyong'o Mm mm-hmm it had lost a lot of the tension for me. It was very clear that this family was very capable of defending itself against whatever it came up against. Mm-hmm. The clones sort of phased themselves out. Mm-hmm. And up until Lupita Nyong'o versus Lupita Nyong'o, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Initially, when I was going into the film, Michael, I thought that perhaps, and I think we both said this in the podcast at one point, I thought perhaps the family would end up with one of the yeah, doppelgangers in the, the family. Yeah. And I didn't know if they were building to that with, with the L. The kid in the mask. Yeah, the kid in the mask or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know whether they kept the, the weird because she couldn't let go. Yeah. And there are elements of that built in. I, I would say one of the things that irritated me about the film is while layering all these meanings and stacking all these kind of visual cues, occasionally some of them go nowhere. You're very right, Ben. We talked about this on the way home. There's the whole thing at the beginning about all the coincidences. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the, the, she says, there's so many coincidences happening. I feel like this means that something's about to happen. They're totally unrelated. Nothing comes of that. Just coincidences. Nothing comes of that. And I, again, I'm, I'm all for red herrings, but those are very annoying red herrings where you, you, you're looking for... Mysticism. Mysticism or something Turns like that. clones. Yeah, it's, it's, just not, it's not panning out. It's not yeah. panning out. Maybe it wasn't clones, Ben. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't. Magic. See, we, we never... We, all we find out is... They, mm-hmm. they created the thing. So it was a little social experiment in that America. Well, not a social experiment, a grand social experiment, yeah. I suppose. Um, and it was interesting. It is a lovely little love letter to horror films from the 80s, though. There are lots of little 80s touches. Yeah, look, it's very good, Ben. I enjoyed it. Horrific summer vacation. Very enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. no... Uh, it's it's no... I can't remember the name of the other film. Get Out. Get Out. It's no Get Out. Um... But it's it's very good. It's enjoyable. Go go give it a watch. Give it it a is watch. a lovely little love letter. And speaking of love letters to things that we're fans hey, of, hey, Michael. Hey, hey, I do the segues around yeah, here. Sorry, you go ahead. No, go on. You, you can take that one. No, no, you can take that speaking one. Speaking of love letters to things we enjoy around here. 
Yeah, good. It was better coming from me, I think, the first time. <laughs> I had more weight. But, yeah, generally speaking, Michael, yes, Benjamin. did you watch my recommendation from last week? I did, Benjamin. I watched it. I enjoyed so much of it so thoroughly. We decided that we're going to speak about it, it at length today. We do the whole episode on Love, ad, Death and Robots. Ad nauseum. Yeah, ad nauseum. It's, it's fucking good, Michael, ben, isn't it? Bear with me a second. We've spent 20 minutes talking about us there, perhaps accidentally, so we've got about 40 minutes left. Oh, yeah, we might have to do two episodes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> ben, it is very good. I think, now this is a generally speaking here, I think that they front-loaded the episode, the good ones, into the first few. Yes, they did. Because some of my less favorite, le- less favorite ones Least happened, favorite. <laughs> happened towards the middle or the end. Yes. Um, But... Yeah, we, some of them I don't even remember. We have a little list here in front of us because there are 18 episodes and keeping track of 18 episodes with 18 names are very difficult. This is a very cool thing made by a Redditor on the, the Love, Death and Robots Reddit that he, he collected all the symbols that you see at the start of each episode. Oh, each, each episode has a name and then it has a series of symbols, three little glyphs mm-hmm. that they use. Uh, for anybody that hasn't seen the series yet, the three glyphs used are a love heart, an X and a little square robot head that they use uh, to symbolize love, death, and robots, exactly. And this kind of visual language is is used throughout each episode um, at the beginning. Um, So different episodes have different ones. Very... I didn't realize until I gave them a little rewatch. I gave my favorites a rewatch, and then I rewatched some of the other ones. Some of them are damp squibs, Michael. Some of them are are beautiful little animations, Mm But they don't really do much for the overall theme. No. But as as Tim Miller said, this this is a series for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous episode on this. Let's do a little breakdown on it. Sure. Tim Miller uh, of Deadpool One fame director. Anyone who uh, anyone who has listened to the previous episode and then stuck with this episode through that accidental racial debacle there from earlier. <laughs> yeah. If 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 you're you know still with us. <laughs> yeah. If you can hack our clumsy racism <laughs> I mean, and that's what it is we're just no, wasn't we wasn't racism aware. I didn't know that that was the word Americans used <laughs> it's like um, I think <laughs> I th- I've talked about thing. this before have you ever you've heard of Transformers Ben haven't you yeah The maybe six or seven years ago Hasbro released a Transformer in worldwide and they called it spastic and spastic is a deeply offensive term in Ireland and the UK. Deeply. Deeply, deeply offensive. So they released a robot called spastic and it had to be recalled. Obviously. Why was it called spastic? Because spastic is much milder in America. Twitchy. Than, yeah, like a spaz. Like you're a spaz. You're a real spaz. Yeah, you can't use that here though. No, it's very that's, offensive. That's here. very offensive. Anyways, Isn't that interesting? That's cultural differences for you. Yeah, lost in translation. Anyway, so go on. Sorry, as I was saying, uh, Tim Miller of Deadpool... One fame. I don't think he returned for the second film. He didn't. He falling didn't. Out they had Ryan a falling Reynolds. out with Ryan Reynolds. He speaks very highly of him, though, in interviews. He still oh, he has him tags. He's, he's still he's still friends with him. I think. I don't. I think they had a a work falling out. I don't know if they like just, us. Anyway, doesn't matter. Him <laughs> and David Fincher partnered up uh, to do an L Netflix. This mm. actually came about directly as a result of Deadpool. Mm. Um, David Fincher and Tim Miller, as it turns out. This is all from a Collider interview, by the way. I think you also said this last week. I know, but for anybody that did okay, miss right. last week, oh, yeah, okay. just in case, uh, came directly out of that. It, this has been 2.5 years in the making. It's taken two and a half years to put I'm this anthology that together. Quick. Yeah, it's quite quick for an animation series. But the reason for that is each short has its own anima- 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 animation studio. Yeah. Each short has its own animation studio. None of them Irish. Uh, no, none of them Irish. And the only one that is... Very well known would be the Sony 
gang, mm. the gang at Sony. They do, I can't remember which episode, but they do one of them. Uh, and the rest of them are just beautiful little shorts. So let's, let's buzz through these episodes, Let's, let's ben buzz through these episodes and have them. a look. Are we doing them chronologically? Are Le- we doing them by favourites? Are we doing them... <laughs> no, yeah, let's do them chronologically. Chronologically? Chronologically, <laughs> yeah. baby. Uh, <laughs> did I say chronologically? Yes, you did. It's like crocodiles in... Crocodile logic, yeah. Crocodile logic, crocologically. Um, Benjamin, um, what did you think of the first one? The the introduction, the kind of th- tone setter of the piece. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, Sonny's Edge. That's exactly what it is. So Sonny's Edge is the tone setter of the piece. That's yeah. a perfect way of describing it. My God, that's a little tour de force in terms of animation and old school hard sci-fi things. You have yeah. all your, your favorite things. Cyberpunk is the overall aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of augmentations. Cyberpunk and monsters... Who doesn't love it? There's dogfighting with huge, yeah, huge monsters. Uh, avatars. Like it's it's a great series. It has all those classic ones like what is human consciousness? Yeah. What can you do with it? Exactly. Yada yada yada. We we probably will do full spoilers, full spoilers. for these. Yeah. Um just to give people a heads up. Uh Sunny's Edge is great. Uh Sunny is the protagonist of is she? the uh, Oh yeah, because she says at the end, that's my edge. Yeah. Sunny Sunny is the protagonist of the whole the whole show. She's a very good uh, avatar wrestler mm-hmm. that it seems to be dominating the underground sport of pitting uh, huge monsters against each other for large amounts of money. Yeah, um, she has a tragic backstory. Ben, here's something I didn't understand: is she, she's controlling the monster? Yes, and her advantage is that she's controlling the monster via this neural link because her own body was irreparably damaged. Ah, no the 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 conceit of the film is that she's the monster. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. She's she's conscious in the the monster. Her her main consciousness is housed in the monster. Oh, and then she's her main consciousness is housed in the monster, and she uses the, Sunny, the, the, the living avatar. creature, as an avatar. Oh. That's the conceit of the film. Because why did they have to be gang rape, though? Uh, well, that's that. That was one of the major criticisms leveled against this episode. But mm-hmm. um, I read a very interesting IGN article during the week where a number of a number of of the more feminist pop culture websites. Yeah, Ben, you're talking away from your mic. Sorry, a number of the of the more pop uh, of the more feminist pop culture websites, the Mary Sues, uh, the Slates, etc., have have damned a few of the episodes because they feel that that women are are largely debased and used for titillation. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is important to note that Sonny disagrees with her two um, technicians. She mm-hmm. it's Sonny and two technicians. And the two technicians are asked by the main villain, the antagonist of the piece, what what her edge is. And they say Mm -hmm. that it's her trauma from being gang raped. Yeah. And she says at the end of the episode, in her interaction with the honeypot Mm. of the piece, that it's not. They're completely wrong. They have that completely wrong. They can't move past it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that was more of a criticism of kind of this obsession with writing strong female characters who have to be raped to gain some kind of grit. She doesn't agree with that at all. But she did have to be raped. Yeah. Yeah. It It is one of the weaker points of the story, but overall, great bloody story. Very good. L- very lots, good. Of, lots of twisty, turny things. And great exploita- visuals. Exploitation or otherwise. Um, the bit with the spikes through the head is very shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was like, ooh. Uh, ooh, wasn't ready for that. No, not at all. Um, 
what is interesting, it also sets up the first callback or repe- repeated element of, of the series. Um, like all great anthologies, Michael, there is a there is a single universe theory floating out there. Of course there is. Um, it, it's bollocks. It can't possibly fit in this one. It doesn't but, work. Better. But uh, we'll have a look at it anyway. Carnivore is the name of her avatar. Yeah. Uh, and Carnivore pops up again in the episode Suits. Well, Carnivore is a very common name. But it's just interesting. That's the first one of a few different tropes that seem to pop up. Um, as we go along, I'll, I'll touch on them as we as we meet them as we go along. What would you give it as a rating? I don't really believe in ratings, Ben. I would give it three Sunny's edges. You you love ratings, I Michael. You it, have created several ratings. I would give it a star, an X, and a snake. I tell you what, we'll give it a out of a star, an X, and a snake. Look, we'll we'll, we'll give it an L. We'll give it an L in-universe rating system and you can love it or death it okay you can <laughs> love it good. or death it oh, that's good. okay, okay. so or would you love it or death it I would robot no I like it it was good yeah <laughs> okay fair enough uh, moving on from there we came on to the absolutely lovely mm-hmm. lovely three robots three robots is about three robots that are on an L tourist trip very good around the uh, now defunct dystopian and post-apocalyptic earth yeah um, it's important to note that the tone from Sunny's Edge to three robots takes a huge jump. There is no gang rape in three robots. Not at all. Um, and that's that's intentional. Uh, when when he was in, when he was interviewed when he was wow. interviewed. Um, There's t- no gang rape in Sunny's Edge as well. In case anyone's <laughs> yeah, no, nobody. You won't see anything. Yeah. Sorry, in case it's, anyone's feeling it's worried her, about watching. It's it. her tragic origin story yeah. as a badass female lead. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Three Robots is much lighter in tone because Tim Miller said that because of the heavy subject matter of many of the shorts, mm-hmm. he really felt it was important to vary it in between each to one. Cleanse the palais. Give you a breather. Mm. Um, exactly. And I couldn't agree more. Um, it's very entertaining and probably something your good lady friend would have enjoyed quite a bit due to the, the twist ending. There's there's cats in it. No, she fell asleep. Um, oh. she, um, ben, my favourite thing about Three Robots is I think there are only two cast members in it. I think the the synthetic voice, female voice robot, is an actual voice synthesizer. I think it's one of those... Excellent. Not a real performance, I think. Excellent. There are three cast members, though. Mm-hmm. The cat at the end has a voice. Yeah, the cat And it's Chris Parnell yeah. from bloody uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, it's a, real, it's a real Jerry. It's a real Jerry, but he's not Jerry in this. It's much funnier. Yeah, it turns out the, the, the end of the human race was when we gave cats opposable thumbs. It's a, it's good. It's a good little throwaway. Ah, look, it's a little comedy fun. It's a fun little thing. These are all based on existing series. Very few of these are originals. They're oh, really? all based on short stories that Tim Miller has enjoyed over the years. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it's a, it's a huge collaboration project. It's very interesting. Yeah. You can actually find the short stories that a lot of these were based on and many of them have been commissioned to write a sequel to their mm, short stories that's to good. continue that's good Ben because I felt a lot of them a lot of the early ones especially made me want made, left me wanting more yes so I would I, watch more of them I would have watched a full series of many of mm-hmm. these I would have watched Sunny's Edge the movie yeah I think many people would have that seems to be one of the most popular episodes mm-hmm. um, with good reason it's, it's beautifully animated uh, Three Brothers is great it's a very entertaining look at us yeah. um, if you're the a fan us. of Cats no, not the film us. If you're a fan of cats, you'll love it. Yeah, you'll think it's great. Um, again, the, the next kind of callback element is here. Uh, cats more than meets the eye seems to be a theme in many episodes. Mm. Um, Soul Sucker being one of them. Uh, there's another one here somewhere. Where's it gone? No, nope, I've lost it. Very good. Excellent. But um, anyway, cats, cats seem to play a large role as kind of a very useful thing in, in the love deaths and robots mini-verses. Um, 
But yeah, go check that one out if you're into a lighter sci-fi. It's beautifully animated. It's, it's very, very clean. Good. It's like the film Robots if the film Robots wasn't shit. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and on that note, we will move on. To your uh, favourite episode, Ben, The Witness. To my, yes, possibly my favourite episode of the entire anthology. Mm. What an episode. Mostly uh, because you like Ein Fetish Club. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Ein Fetish Clubs <laughs> and sexy dancing. Uh, <laughs> thanks for is branding me a pervert. On. Is this one exploited? Well, I've been branded a racist, so you can be a pervert. Uh, this one is the key contempt for many many people mm. for many many people um, the episode film pardon me yeah the episode centers around uh, a witness to a crime yeah a murder she, she's in a she's in a hotel room across the street mm-hmm. and she happens to look out the window and she hears some gunshots and she sees a murder in the middle of an owl action and what begins is an owl Sisyphean cycle mm-hmm. where she has to flee yeah. to her day job as what can only be described as a sex worker I think she's a stripper A titillation specialist That's sex work isn't it Is it Do we oh, not count that as sex work I don't know do we <gasps> Oh you've oh. You've alienated our sex worker demographic now Ben Well done Shit Go on uh, no, I think I'm just going to bow out now <laughs> I've, I've, I've taken on race And she works in a She works in a fetish club Yeah with a With a very Chris Tucker-esque Fifth element yes. Host Yeah very um, much so which, which was very referenced uh, He chases her The murderer chases her And mm. we assume That it's because He wants to Silence The person who viewed mm-hmm. But what we don't realise is And what's set up Very early on Is that the woman He has murdered Is the witness That it's he's her. chasing Mad. Um, And that's why I said Sisyphean It's a loop It's, it's a, a loop, loop episode, episode Time loop episode um, And at the end Full spoilers here For the end he, it turns out that she murders him mm. and the cycle kicks all over again. Who's there to witness it? Only your man across the street in the hotel where she was at the beginning of the episode. The loop the loop begins anew. The loop begins anew. Although I can only imagine that there will be slight variations each and every time yeah. because surely he doesn't run to be the face of the a stripper or anything. Anyway, this one got a lot of bashing um, because it it was it clearly objectifies women, which which it does. There's no getting away from that. She's naked for a good deal of the film, um, and she's running around in a kimono for a good deal of the film. Um, it was objectifying. There was strong violence against women portrayed in it, um, and apparently she exists to die over and over again. However, what was pointed out by many uh, defenders of Love, Death, and Robots is that the roles switch at the end. When they were challenged on this, many of the well, just one blog in particular on the Mary Sue, when she she was challenged on this, she said, "Oh, that doesn't matter." Yeah, that doesn't matter. Ben, and you can't. No, well, hang on. We've we've to come back to that there now. With your arch nemesis, the website, the Mary Sue. No, not really. I just think it's sloppy journalism. Um, what the issue I have with with dismissing an entire factor of the the end of that short is mm-hmm. that it's quite a key factor that that role switches and then she hunts him. Yeah, well, you don't see. We didn't do see it, dance. and admittedly, that's pretty bad. But to dismiss the entire end of a film, a, a key philosophical part of the film is 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 pretty shoddy. You don't see his Willie either. Well, we might in the sequel. <laughs> Witness part two. Bit of luck, Benjamin. The next one was my favourite. Really? Yeah. Of course, well, actually, this makes perfect sense. The next one is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. This makes perfect sense. You're a huge Warhammer fan, aren't you? Well, I'm a Warhammer fan, but it's not just Warhammer. Warhammer elements in there. It's uh, I love the animation style of suits. Very, very, very family very friendly, s- with a very non-family friendly theme. It's got that old cell shaded look of early of early CGI. Great. Um, loads of references to sci-fi. His wife is dressed like uh, Vasquez from Aliens. Really? Yeah. When when she's doing the piloting, um, the different mechs are cool. Mechs are very cool. 
Did you remember? Do you probably don't? There was a video game on the PlayStation One called The Horde. No, nope, don't remember. Which was about farmers protecting their farms from a horde of aliens. Well, that's that clearly what it is, yeah. then, isn't it? Uh, so there was that. I would be interested well. to see what it was based on. Then I'd say it's that. I wouldn't imagine it was. It's, it's not. It's The Horde is medieval. Oh, As sorry. Okay, never mind. Never but, mind. But I mean, one one thing you could argue against suits is that the the aliens themselves were quite generic. That's interesting. They seem to be one of the core designs throughout the entire series. That's another callback that I was very interested in. Because they're uh, they look the a sucker bit like... of souls mm-hmm. have the almost exactly the same design. They're four legged creatures with huge maws that don't really have much definition. They are also very similar to the nighttime version of the creatures in Secret War. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know whether that was a repeated motion on purpose or generic content designers seem to do that a lot. There was a there was a hint of the Pacific Rims about it as well. Yeah, there were yeah, some it, look, there was a lot of cosmic horror. There's a lot of things coming to get us mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. That's yeah. that's a central conceit of all of Love Death and Robots, I think. Um it was a very enjoyable thing. I thought it was brilliant. Great would, characterization. The characterization was amazing. The amount of characterization they squeezed into such a short time was incredible. You got a really strong sense of each character and how it worked and yes, what was going on. Yes. I would have loved that to be an uh, an 80-minute film. Yeah, you, you 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 possibly will see it. Tim Miller has said that they are currently working on season two. There season was, two has been greenlit. There was quite a lot of um, the the film where you can't talk. There was quite a lot of that in it. Yeah. What was that called? Bird Box, but for the voice. Which one? The 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 film. The film with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Oh, um, shush now, be quiet, the monsters are here. Quiet place, quiet place. Quiet place, that's what it's called. Hush now, the monsters are here, it would have been way better. Um, oh, can we please write a parody of them? <laughs> Hush now, the monsters are here. Hush now, be quiet, the monsters are coming. Um, there was a bit of that in it as yeah. well, with the, the American setting. There was a nice little twist, so maybe the bad guys were the good guys, or the good guys were the bad guys well, all along. Yeah, we, we won't spoil the twist, let's not spoil the twist. Go check them out. Like, we spoil all the other twists. Okay, fair enough, the twist is that they're on a planet. Yeah, and they're terraforming alien, a planet alien planet and it looks like the things attacking each biosphere as we pull out we do a long pan out native shot. life forms and the native life forms and they're just trying to take back their stuff yeah. what, you, what you've basically done is you've come to a planet filled with predators um, and you've, you've only gone and stuck a huge amount of livestock in the middle of it yeah, it's your own fault it's, it's your own fault it's your the, own bloody fault the next one Ben was probably my second favourite uh, what's the next one? Sucker's Souls was bloody great. Mm-hmm. This one gets a very poor rating online. People don't like this one. Don't they? I think it's yeah. because 2D animation is very much out of vogue. Oh. Um, this is 2D. Um, yeah. I thought this was the Irish one. It um, does have This that is look very Irish. reminiscent of Cartoon Saloon. Yeah. Um, and it has a bald man with a big ginger beard. And Stracula. I yeah. thought they might be giving a little nod to, to the gang. Also, one of the characters is Northern Irish. Yeah. Uh, the big baldy lab with the beard which reminded me of you oh, thanks, when ben. I watched it um, which reminded me of you I thought in another life oh Mick was a Northern Irish uh, mercenary vampire mercenary yeah vampire mercenary they didn't know they were hunting vampires at the time they didn't they didn't know they were hunting um, again cats make an L comeback cats, yeah. are, cats are a useful weapon against Dracula Turned that's why Dracula's I, scared shitless of cats that's why I keep my cats around I'm afraid of Dracula's that's because also you found him in a tomb years ago when you were a Northern Irish mercenary Mer- exactly there mm-hmm. now Exactly there now. <laughs> okay. There goes our Northern Irish demographic. I thoroughly enjoyed that one though. Um, I great episode. There is something that speaks to me about exploring an old tomb place that turns out to be evil and supernatural and then having to fight your way out. I like that, Ben. That, well, that's that's your job, isn't it? it? That Mikey Anna Jones. That tickles me. That tickles you. Uh then I got a visual there I didn't need. <laughs> um, but yeah. Very good episode. Uh, very different take on Dracula. Yeah. Very different Dracula. He's a big old morphing monster man. Yeah. Um and he looks very Dracula esque at the beginning 
beginning and then he starts to feed and he just becomes this big old hulking big old thing. Hulking thing. Um, and he, he wasn't ready for dynamite. I, I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed that trope. With C4. Ever since... I've enjoyed... Sorry, C4. I've enjoyed that trope ever since Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. did it with a bazooka. Very um, good. No mortal... No weapon forged by man can kill it. Can, yeah. And then you're in the 21st century. Shit yeah. blows up now. Yeah. Like, this could be a whole new thing. Mm. And it does It does the job. Um, sadly for the gang, uh, they end up stumbling upon a, a, ta- a cavern a cavern my words are not working today a, a nest. nest full of the bloody things well I mean we we could assume they die or we could assume that more cats arrive and save them or something well there, there do seem to be quite a few cats knocking exactly. around one of my favourite parts of that episode is where are the cats and they look up in the rafters and the cats are riding <laughs> um, quite enjoyed that very cat like it's like they don't actually give a shit about us no they're more concerned with fucking those ones hadn't got thumbs uh, they didn't have thumbs Ben is this a little symbol you've drawn for yourself here yeah cats for ones with <laughs> some of the some of the things repeat the, the the character design. Look, I have it up above. Look, I have it up above. I made a little glyph. That's brilliant. Additional glyphs. Um, Sucker Souls is very good. I I what I particularly like about this one at the beginning of the episode, each glyph lets you know what's going to what's happen, happen in yeah. the episode. If you take a look at the third skull here, it's split in half, not mm. like the poor research assistant who oh, is clean yeah. in half and you see his skull fall mm-hmm. and half the skull rolls in front of the mercenary. And there's cats. Um, and there's cats and you can see the little cat symbol there as well and yeah. there's a lot of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's very good. Uh, after that one, Michael, we moved on to uh, another one which is a great little filler episode. It's complete fluff. Um, they have an Orson Welles like narrator mm-hmm. who tells us about how yogurt took over the world. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it no, it's very enjoyable. It's a, a, a bit throwaway compared to the others. Fluffy. Yeah, it's fluffer. fluffer. There's no point in us dissecting that one. It's fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's a parody of the old uh, sci-fi radio shows and stuff like that, particularly the War of the Worlds with Orson Welles. Um, and you can go take a look at it. It's good, enjoyable. The animation is really nice to look at. Very, very strong change of pace. From the rest of them. I, I had fun with that one. Me too. I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed one. it more than some of the other kind of light ones as well. Yeah, it, it has a bit more substance than the other light mm. ones. Some of them are very throwaway. Ben, is that a willy? Yes, it is. So there's, there's been a number of debates. All right, we're moving on there to uh, Beyond the Aquila Rift, which is really what made me think that Mickle would like to look at it. I thoroughly enjoyed that um, one, ben. Bloody cosmic horror. Yeah, it was very good. I, I've become a huge... I've, I've said this before on the podcast, Michael, but you've made me a huge fan of cosmic horror. I thought Beyond the Aquila Rift was very good, Ben. They had quite a lot of the mass effects about it. Yes. Um, some of the... some of the That would be one of my major criticisms of of this anthology when it comes to animation style. Mm-hmm. Some of them lean very heavily into realism. Mm-hmm. I have never liked realistically rendered animation oh, because... You're afraid of the Uncanny Valley. I, well, I'm not a fan of the Uncanny Valley, but also I think it defeats the purpose. And secondly, it looks like a video game to me. And I don't always love that. Not that video games aren't good. That's not what I'm saying. It is what you're saying. It doesn't appeal to me. Um, however, you are looking at the inverted heart with what looks like a penis. That does look like a penis, Ben. There have been many debates on this one, Michael. If you take a look at it full on, it looks like low-down cleavage. Oh, it's cleavage now. Because part of the symbol on Greta's chest is that symbol. There's a loop oh, okay. symbol on her chest. So it's her cleavage. But it's also a penis going inside her heart because there's lots of sex in this episode, Michael. Episode, there's packs of riding. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the second symbol is. I couldn't figure that out. It's a whiskey glass. It's the whiskey glass with an ice cube in it. Yeah. Good man, good man. I've, um, I've got human recognition skills. Yep, I didn't. I didn't pick that up at all. And the other thing is a weird inverted monster. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Th- this is a very good episode. But Ben, I'm not just saying it looked like Mass Effect. Even the transportation 
method across the universe is straight out of Mass Effect. Oh, I didn't know that. An ancient, vast alien network of machines that kind of launch you across ah. space. Very Mass Effect. Okay. And Mass Effect also has a kind of psychic communicating arachnid race oh. called the Rachnos. There was a lot of there was a lot of Mass Effect, but even the ship had a Mass Effecty look to it. What what I enjoyed most about that was the reveal of the Arachnos thing because it looks like a lady coming out of the strange does, nesting netherverse, and then it's not. I thought that was ec- excellent animation. I thought they pulled that off with, with great skill. Mm-hmm. And the Greta other thing was very I enjoyed, attractive. huh? Greta was very attractive. Greta was very attractive. Yeah, that's how they get you, Ben. That's how the that's aliens how they, they, get they you. you. But that's the other thing I, that I couldn't decide at the end of Beyond the Killer Rift. Does she actually care about him or is she just going to eat him at some point? I think she cares about him in so much as she cares about him while she's eating him. Oh, is she eating him? Do you reckon she's full I, on devouring his consciousness? Yeah. Or like his psychic energy or something. Something she, like that, yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the, the inversion of it. There was no malice in this creature. I they think were there going, was. Oh, okay. I think she was lying. Oh, okay. Beyond the Keeler Rift too. Mm. Oh. The the lioning. More mm. Greta. Mm. Now with bigger boobs. Um yeah, I enjoyed that episode. I, I enjoyed I took a completely different meaning from the ending there. I, I took it that she genuinely was just stuck and lonely and she wanted to have conversation with people and she couldn't do it. That's why predatory women find it easy to so, so easy to pull the wool over your eyes. That's fine by me. Eh? <laughs> rid- if, if if all the predatory women who come into my life look like Greta if any of the sold. If any of our listeners are predatory women, uh just give us a bell. Or if any of the listeners are the predatory women that I've had in the past. <laughs> 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 don't give us a bell it took Ooh, years of counseling um, let's uh, move on we talked about Aquila Rift quite a bit last week so let's talk about yeah. good hunting my, uh, probably I, my second favourite this is my this is my uh, easily probably it's either my top or second favourite um, episode of the entire anthology mm-hmm. because it's 2D, 2D and I love 2D animation 2D animation sings to my soul um, the Witness is my number one. Good Hunting is probably number two. Mm-hmm. I love mythology, Michael. You do better. They I rammed know. mythology into that one. But they gave me my favourite thing. They gave Steve Punk and then they said it was shit. <laughs> um, which I love. You said Steve um, Punk there. Steve Punk, Sounds I like did. A yeah, Steve Punk, what a dick. <laughs> um, no, it's an excellent look at colonialism. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent look at modernization. Mm-hmm. It's a great look at abandoning the past. Yeah. But it's a great look at how sometimes that's important to abandon the past because the past can often be mired and wrong in superstition. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating look at basically we follow the son of a monster hunter mm-hmm. in I I don't know. I can't pinpoint the thing. I'm I'm it's guessing Japan. early early 18th century. It's China, isn't that China? Is it China? Singapore. He goes to Singapore they go after to Hong Kong. Ah, Hong Kong, okay. Oh, God. That's China. That's going to mix us all up. Um, anyway, I think it's Japanese because of the fox demon. Yeah, the, fox the fox demon thing, generally fox belongs to Japanese. Japanese mythology. And, and the, he has a samurai sword. And a samurai sword, yeah. yeah. So, he is the son of a, a demon hunter. He, His father is a, a no-guff, no-fuss, it's-a-monster, kill-it kind of thing. Yeah, um, very old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. There's no, not an ounce of good in them. Um, and he doesn't believe And some that. of the monsters are nice blokes. Some of the monsters are nice blokes or nice ladies, mm-hmm. as the case might be. More boobies in this one. Or, or there again, lots of boobs. A bit more rape as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was the theme. That was the theme. Again, I, I see, I'm not sure. Many many of the articles I read that condemned it were, were they were objectified and, and used as as rape plots, which is true, but it then shows women overcoming much of that. I don't know what the right what the right way to feel about that is. I enjoyed this episode a lot. Mm. Um, 
I, you you can't really say it's white knighting outside of the fact that it is a male helping a woman. Well, to get he revenge. helps her, but she's the she's the real power. She's the real powerhouse of the whole mm. thing. Like she comes to him, and she. It's a little bit Alita Battle Angel. I would say it's better. Than Alita. It, I enjoy well, yes, it a lot I mean, more just than Alita Battle Angel. The look that she ends up with is quite Alita Battle yeah, Angel. I think that's fair. Um, it was unclear to me whether she could transform back into a woman. Yeah, I wasn't sure on that either. I think she probably could. I think she, yeah, I think she probably could. But I think that was left ambiguous on purpose. Yeah, I think that that was the whole point. I, I enjoyed that they didn't fall in love. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that immensely. Um, I enjoy when a plot doesn't revolve around the romance between two characters. I think he was in love with her mm-hmm. very much, but he goes off and does his own thing and but leaves her in that, the village. Isn't that the demon's power, though, to make men... Well, no, no, no. Oh, we, no we, we, we touch on this yeah. that, that they both end up bonded. It's nothing mm. to do with... Uh, they don't seduce them. They get stuck. Mm-hmm. Basically, once a human falls in love with this particular form of creature, they're psychically linked. And any time the man suffers, the woman has to listen to him screaming in her mm. head. So she goes to them to calm them down. Now, don't get me wrong. She probably feeds. She's a predator. But... Then she eats them. Then she eats them. But, like, it's an interesting look at it. Obviously, it turns out that monsters aren't so bad after all. And men are the real monsters. Uh, more specifically, white men from Britain. Yeah, well, I think we can agree on that. I think, I think everyone can agree on that. <laughs> look, lads, the, the, the British Empire was a, an awful pack of lads. Bunch of bad blokes. Benjamin... The next one was the first one I flat out didn't like. Yeah, hated the next one as well, actually. Yeah. We completely agree on that. Boring, um, not particularly interesting, no. badly plotted. There's a monster. Uh, the dump, the monster design was boring. Yeah. Uh, it ate his friend, he didn't seem to give a shit. Yeah. Uh, then the guy who came to evict him, just a guy doing his job, probably didn't deserve to be eaten. Did, definitely didn't deserve to was be eaten. Was a bit of a knob. Um, but was, that's all. Yeah, but hardly a... Hardly a, a devourable offence, mm. being a bit of a novel. Although in these things, it, there's not much of a devourable Yeah, area. look, um, didn't enjoy it at all. Um, it's boring, big monster reveal at the end. Very easy to spot yeah. from a mile away. Saw it coming. Yeah, saw it coming. Um, it really had very little going for it. it. Like a knockoff version of the animation from Suits as well. It lacked the warmth of mm. Suits. It had the quirky character design, but lacked something else. Yeah, was my least favourite one then. Yeah, it was a real... A real dud, that one. Um, it quite annoyed me. But then we, we came on to another one, an all-American one. Um, I also didn't like this one, Ben. Yeah, too realistic. Uncanny Valley was very present in this mm. one, I thought. Um, very present in this one. Again, this is exactly what I don't like. About We're talking about shapeshifters. We're talking about shapeshifters. Sorry, we, we've moved on from the dump. The dump isn't worth mentioning. There's not much to dissect in it. It's a quirky little palate cleanser in between um, good hunting and shapeshifters to... Emotion heavy or supposedly motion emotion heavy. Uh, the the dog soldier buddy, the chunkier guy, reminded me of Sean Aston. Yeah, I, think I don't like Sean Aston. Oh, I like Sean Aston. I think Ben, what upset me was the whole dog soldier thing. I have seen the film Dog Soldiers, which is very good. Which is about soldiers who are werewolves. Yeah, very good. And this was about soldiers who are werewolves, but now American. Yeah, very lazy. Um, and the Taliban are also werewolves. The Taliban also have a werewolf. It was a tour de force of werewolf transformation animation. Yeah, that was nice. Werewolf fight scenes. That was real good. But I could take or leave the whole... Camaraderie, brother. Camaraderie, I will yeah. earn your respect as a soldier in the middle. I'm done fighting your war. Yeah, get out of here. I don't care. Um, nobody nobody cares. It's Look, <laughs> those things don't resonate very well with... with I, I think that's probably the most American episode in the entire anthology. America. Uh, and it is very America, hmm. um, very America. It does criticise the military aspect and the, the industrial military aspect a little bit. Um, but what I what I found was I couldn't connect with it. I don't have, I don't, 
I don't bleed on the stripes to make sure they stay red. Yeah. Like, it's not my thing. I like werewolves. And it was very good werewolves, but story. Well, I couldn't care about the story. Yeah. Um, look, that'll probably lose a few listeners here and there. But, um, <laughs> Benjamin. Vicky, anyway. I don't, then, even, sure. I don't even know what the one helping hand was about. It's the la- lady boss. Ban Suspos. Oh, ban, ban us Belfast Suspos. Ban on Tushkart Suspos. Yeah, gravity, but with graphics. Gravity with graphics. I think it was better than gravity, to be honest. I I don't like Sandy B. I wasn't dead impressed by this. This was a this it was kind of a low point for me. These these four here in a row. I I really like Fish Knight. We'll have a, we'll well, have look, a disagreement about yeah, that now. Helping in a hand. I mean, it was a one note story. Yeah, strong woman. She's in space. Strongly woman. She has to take off her hand and throw it to get back into the ship. There Twice. You go. Yeah. Well, Twice. Once, really. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's it's probably probably the weakest in terms of story of all three. It's just put a couple of beers on. I'm I'm coming home. Yeah. Um, I don't have a hand anymore. Very embarrassing. Although it does tie in with something I learned about quite recently. Go on. Um, which is that all the little bits of debris floating around space are actually incredibly dangerous for future space flight. Mm. Um, which I didn't know. We are creating with every with every attempt to enter space, SpaceX, etc. We are creating a potentially deadly minefield um, going into space. Because yeah. when things get stuck in orbit, they begin to orbit at rapid paces. And we can't design things that can withstand that kind of barrage. So they no, do no. massive damage. Cool. Um, and so we're encasing ourselves in our own tomb. Which is single, single-handedly horrifying. But it's okay. We're never going to reach deep space exploration anyway. So we're going to die on the planet. It's fine. Oh, that's good. But um, Unless yeah. we let the yogurt take over. Unless we let the yogurt take over. Which I would be okay with. I mean, you know, if they balance everything out, that's cool by me. Uh, helping hand meh moving on from there Fish Night I really enjoyed because one of the first big sci-fi experiences for me were Ray Bradbury's The Illustrated Man and the Fish Night is straight out of The Illustrated Man it does have a look of the Ray Bradbury's about it yes it have did. you ever heard the song Fuck Me Ray Bradbury yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's, uh, very it's funny. so good um, it's an excellent song um, it's not the most science fictiony this one though. It's no, no, psychedelic it's psychedelic fear and uh, loathing in Las it's, Vegas. It's magic realism, surrealism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Granty Morrison. Granty M. There's there's no logic to it, if no. that's what you mean. How but I thought it, visually speaking, very powerful. Um, I, look, I, I can take your leave psychedelic imagery, Ben. It's not like that, that's fine. Uh, glowing different coloured fish did not really do it for me. I enjoyed the Megalodon. Um, it's a Megalodon. Because I have uh, I have tassophobia. Oh. Um, which is a very interesting thing for a lifeguard to have. I have a, a deep fear of deep water. Mm. I have um, megalodons. Yeah. Is that why I refuse to go see the Meg with Jason Statham? I actually can't do shark films. Mm. Interestingly, um, above all else, I will do everything else. I will force myself to watch everything else. Hate stuff in the deep ocean. Um, makes me very uncomfortable. Always get, always getting a bit of a panic. I'm a very strong swimmer, Michael. Don't know if you know that about me. I didn't, um, I didn't know that. Was then. a lifeguard for a very long time. Um. But have a crippling fear of the deep ocean, unless well, I have a reason that's why to this, be out there. This spoke to you a bit more than yeah, me. Yeah, I have, I have, um, I have done two rescues um, in in deep ocean where someone swam out past the boy and I had to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have never seen someone swim so fast in all your life. <laughs> um, I was out to the person in a split second, and I had them dragged back in. I've seen the in film a split second. Then I've seen the film Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't like deep oceans. I don't like trenches. I don't like what lies beneath. I'm also a strong believer in don't fuck with oceans. That's not where we're supposed to be. You don't like the film with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, What Lies Beneath? No. <laughs> bloody, bloody Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. Benjamin, what was Lucky 13 about? Uh, Lucky 13 is my least, one of my least favourite in terms of animation. I just don't care about it. Um, very Black Mirror to me. Um, this one a what was it machine. sorry it's about uh, the female pilot who takes on the ship um, that's oh, supposed like to be very one. unlucky I don't like that one um, I thought it was very well acted mm. but I thought it was a little bit heavy handed get off my ship I like she doesn't want to go no I thought it was um, again I'm not a huge fan of military based plot lines I just don't care much I liked it Ben I don't like Space Wars. I liked it. I thought the ships themselves looked a bit like Avengers Queen Jets. That's, you see, the, the, this is interesting. Do you give a shit about vehicle design in, yeah. in, in stuff? Yeah. yeah. Vehicle design stuff is very important. Like you're, that's, well, you're a, yeah, I'm tram- looking, looking around a room here. Yeah. I've got Transformers there. <laughs> looking around Lego <laughs> spaceships there. I've got bloody model airplanes there. Yeah, that's fair enough. There's the Lego Quinjet. I love a bloody yeah, spaceship that's design. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, well, what do you like about it specifically? Go on. Yeah, most of these things like the design and the yeah. and the, the you know it was a very straightforward military thing, and the baddies were obviously just some sort of space Nazi. It's just mocap for me. I I don't think mocap is all that amazing. They're almost real people mm-hmm. when you look at some scenes, mm-hmm. um, and that just doesn't do much for me. Um, I enjoyed the Black Mirror element of the ship is is mildly sentient and not a bad egg as long as you're not a bad egg to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure whether we were going to be dealing with a flying Dutchman kind of narrative where the ship kills everybody inside it. I didn't know yeah. if we were going to have a Christine moment. Yeah, it might have been happening that way, but it didn't as it turned out. It, it didn't because the, the ship lady was a, was a real boy. good egg yeah. to her. And the ship was nice. Uh, and the ship was a lady. Yeah. Ben, I could take your leaves in my blue, to be honest with you. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Uh, Samurai Jack all the way, baby. Was that Kendi Tattoo of No, it wasn't him, but um, very clearly influenced by all visual Samurai Jack things. Um, weird dystopian future thingies mm-hmm. um pullbot pullbot 2 um, that was a good little twist yeah it was a good little twist it was interesting i think it's a good critique of how much value people place in modern art and, mm-hmm. and whether or not it has any depth or value um how hype machines work yeah if you will um i think it was fascinating to look i at mean that. yeah and visually it was a lot more interest- Visually interesting very powerful the likes of lucky 13 or yeah. or shapeshifters and i'm a visual guy Living in a visual world, and my I'm a visual guy. I enjoyed the Jack Kirby elements of Zima Blue, Mm -hmm. where he became a an adaptoid bot that could go anywhere on the planet. Yeah, and Um, and lava and very very Amazo, very Jack Kirby fourth worldy. I I enjoyed that. Ben, we've got about five minutes left. Let's just power through the last four. Well, these are the weaker. I I would say these are some of the weaker episodes of 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 the series, to my mind. What's blind spot? Um, I can't remember what Blindspot is. Devil, devil is that a cat or a devil? Oh, Blindspot is about the three mercenaries, the three mercenaries hunting the the ship, hunting the cargo. Oh, in the ship. yeah, completely pointless episode for me. Like the robots, it was very anime. It was like the robots. They don't use anime as a derogatory term, Ben. I will. <laughs> um, very anime, very Leafield in designs. Yeah, the designs very Leafield. There was a touch of the. Do you remember the? What were they called? The robots who were sports. I'm a sports guy, and I can do. I'm made of sports, and I can hit things with sports, and I'm. I've got legs, and one of them's a baseball bat. That one. Don't know what that is. Oh, 
Anyway, yeah. Don't know what that is. Yeah, Blind Spot wasn't wasn't a winner. It, it clearly didn't stick in my mind. Ice Age was very boring for me. Ice um, Age was the Simpsons episode uh, where Lisa created created the life on a petri dish, but yeah. with um, but with Topher Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who you often confuse for Brie Larson. Brie Larson, yeah. So Brie Larson and Topher Grace uh, were in this episode, <laughs> and um, yeah, it look. Did I care about this one? Not no, at all. That wasn't great. Did it have any real weight or depth? Not no. at all. And the, the twist was a non-twist. The twist was a complete non-twist. Oh, it started again. Shock. Mm-hmm. It's a magic refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that really annoyed me about that episode is they didn't seem to give a shit about two giant people peeking in the window. Well, they made one reference to it. But, I mean, that's all they ever knew, so why would they give a shit? Yeah, about? that's fair enough. Um, anyway, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, it was, again, damn squid for me. Alternate Histories was fun. I didn't like it. I it will never... Absolute least favourite episode. Yeah, I will never recover from Hitler getting a blowjob from Viennese prostitutes. I don't know why that was there. I, I just didn't like it. I think the whole thing was done better by uh, what's Science Friends called? Super Science Friends. Super Science Friends. Yeah, it, it. it was a lot like that, but not yeah, as good. Not as good. Um, um, they, for, I think they thought they were being quirky. For the one that was most obviously flat out a comedy, it was one of the least funny. Yeah, it was very forced. Very and forced. Like, I mean, even just the conceit of killing Hitler is like, oh god, again. How hilarious! It's, um, more, it's, it's bloody, it's bloody red command and conquer red alert two all over again. Yeah, they definitely front loaded this anthology. Like, they definitely got you in with the hook at the beginning and then tapered it out. Uh, Secret War, yeah, bloody, you know, our friend Cron's favorite episode. Very SCP. There's an SCP um, entry all about how the Russians fought a war against vampires for. Decades. Very Bots. Pre- Botmaster. Very predatory. What? Botmaster. Why are you saying that? Botmaster is what the designs in Blindspot remind me of. Oh, good. You got there. Okay. Yeah, I got there. You all right? Yeah, I'm good now. You happy now? Yeah. Okay. We'll get you something after this. we get coffee or something. Oh, good. It's grand. Um, <laughs> Secret War is based possibly on an SCP entry where um, it's, Bot- called, it's Bots called... Botsmaster. Called, okay. You gonna let me finish the episode? Yeah, or? you do. Dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> Secret War is based. <laughs> uh, Secret War is based possibly on an SCP entry called the Dracula Factory. Oh. Um, it's all about uh, a race of primal vampires that took over the Red Forest um, back in the day, and um, and Russian Stalin's forces were were sent to eliminate them. And that looks terrible. I've got I've got a leg, but it's a baseball bat, and Please I'm a robot. Please turn it off. What was that? The Botsmaster. That was shocking. Um, Secret War is very interesting. Um, nice filler for Stalin-esque. What is what is the culture's obsession with Stalin-era soldier designs? Because they're cool. They're, they're, yeah, very cool. Very cool. I like. There's a lot in this has in common with the episode Shapeshifters because it's a Russian military. Brotherhood uh, I dealing with monsters. I preferred Secret War. I think it was done better. I preferred it too. Perhaps because it's not current. and Perhaps because it's historical fiction. Perhaps because it's yeah. not American. Possibly. I hate support oh. the troops narrative. <gasps> ben, I do. But the troops. They're, they're not my troops. Oh, yeah. They're not my troops. No, and it's just a weird American exceptionalism agenda. And I'm not for it. Um, this was very enjoyable, I thought. Creature design again. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Um... They were better when they were in the dark. They were better when they were creatures in the dark. That, that daylight scene where you see the planes fly over at the end. Meh. Mm. 
take it or leave it. It's good, though. Um, good, good episode, well plotted. Um, the last couple of minutes with the musical score and them fighting to the death. Yeah. Straight out of Spartacus. Straight out of Spartacus, but very enjoyable. You look, you just get involved in stuff like that. Um, overall, man, love Deaths and Robots. What, what an anthology. Oh, so I good. I hope season two gets a firm green lighting. I particularly, Ben, enjoyed Sunny's Edge, Suits, Sucker of Souls, Good Hunting, Beyond the Killer Rift. They were probably my Yeah, you just hit mine as well. I'll stick Fish Night on the end of it. But yeah, I, do we actually agree on it? I think we do largely. Oh. Well, that's nice. Let's wrap it up, so. Well, look at that. What was your favourite episode of Love, Death Suits. and Robots? I just um, said Suits. No, no, no. It's for the listeners. Oh, the listeners. The listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was your favourite episode of Love, Death and Robots? Do you have any favourite short fiction that you think might have inspired any of these? Could you tell us where to find someone? Yeah, sure. Tell us where to, to go. i read more. Um, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, we are on SoundCloud, and we are on YouTube. Yeah. We have an old Dublin Comic Con video out there if you want to give us a shout. Give us a look. Take yeah. a look at that. Give us a comment below and tell us what you think. We are looking to do a new series of videos where we make a cosplay. What do you think of that? Would that be a good idea, a bad idea, or so on and so forth? Uh, I did mention iTunes earlier. Reviews are always helpful there, guys. Um, Lash them up there. And yeah, if you have anything else that's similar to this or you're looking forward to any upcoming projects, let us know. And if you found your doppelganger and murdered them, good for you. Yeah, good job. Hope you're living a full life.